one of the great things about bars is it's where fun stuff happens. You know? I love it. So, Jane Austen by day. Yeah, yeah. Sex on the beach by night. Yeah, of course. Or like Hemingway most of the time. Okay. You know? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Best Sips Worldwide. I'm your drinking companion, Susan Schwartz, an American travel writer living in London. Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred and I've been obsessed by the history of cocktails ever since. Through the years, I've been lucky enough to sip some of the best made by the best. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let me introduce you to the movers and shakers of the world's most famous watering holes. Dave Miller, the general manager of Ray's Bar, one of the hippest bars in Dalston, has the honor to be our 50th guest on Best Sips. I feel we have a connection as we both started life as literature majors, but found the world of cocktails calling to us. I had been wanting to try Ray's since it opened and was so excited that Dave was around to reveal why hospitality called his name. So, um... My real, I guess my real start in hospitality was um, when I left high school, I kind of had a year to, to kill before I went to university, or the best part of a year, and I decided that I wanted to study something, so I went to this college in the town I grew up, and I actually trained to be a chef for a year, but it wasn't really for me, it was like a bit warm and, you know, like, a bit shouty, and it wasn't really, wasn't really my thing, like... So I, I ended up when I was like seventeen taking a job in a in a football stadium, doing hospitality in a football stadium. So that was like my start, but that's like that's so far away from like where I am now, it's unreal. Like thinking back it's crazy. What town is this? It's a it's a little town called Dunfermline, which is in Fife, which is the east coast of Scotland. Um yeah, and it was nice. But then like a, the bartending thing, I think like most people or like a lot of people certainly in the industry, I, I started attending bar when I was doing my degree because it was kind of like a fun, cool thing to do on a Friday and Saturday night and you got to make some money and you got to meet some people and blah, blah, blah. What but, were you studying? Uh, English literature. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, and that was kind of like this big sports bar option of last resort kind of place um, in Glasgow that was like serving vodka and Red Bulls and plastic glasses to people of ill repute kind of thing <laughs> um, so yeah that was kind of where it was like it was a, it was a really fun place to work because the, there was a real bond with the staff because we were all dealing with the same <laughs> the same stuff every night you know there was like this real bond so that's kind of where I got started but was it a rough crowd? yeah it was like the door there was like if you couldn't get in anywhere else on the street <laughs> then we were like the last almost the last option for you so it was like not the best crowd but the team was really good there and it was like there was this real bond um, which was really cool and it was like so I did that throughout university and then well, while you were there were you able to make anything other than vodka and Red Bull? No well it wasn't I, I mean I remember like learning to make a French martini or a sex on the beach or something and like thinking you're it, you know like um, that, that just seems so long ago now like it wasn't 
like the scene in that kind of place and in Glasgow at that point there wasn't really like you could get a martini in a in a hotel bar but I guess you thing. saw that people were really happy when they got what you gave them yeah yeah of course yeah. it was really fun like it was like so it the was, customers were thrilled yeah, with it was your like, sex on the beach yeah of course and it was like yeah like this this like learning to make these really dodgy cocktails like but it was really it was really fun and it's like um, it was a really fun place to work because just mad stuff happened there and it was like one of the great things about bars is it's where fun stuff happens you know, I love it so. Jane Austen by day yeah yeah Sex on the Beach by night yeah of course or like <laughs> Hemingway most of the time okay. you know <laughs> um, so yeah um, and then after after I graduated I kind of moved that, that place got shut down for I don't know why but um, so after that I kind of moved to working in a restaurant and it was still kind of like I was a nicer like a nicer style of service and a bit more rewarding and all of that um, and certainly very different from from what I'd been doing before but it was still kind of like I was tending bar because it was something that I'd been doing before you know but this was drinks in glasses instead yeah, of yeah, plastic in glasses. instead of plastic design, yeah yeah right? of course like not yeah more than one wine on the list right. and, you know um yeah, so, but it was still kind of like there was more, there was more of a cocktail element there, and it was like it was a bit more fun. Did you start feeling like this is something that you could pursue there? Yeah. Not, not really. To be honest, it was like, I mean, I was kind of fresh out of university, and like, it was still in my head that you have to get a real job, kind of thing. So the the. The tending bar was like it was something that I was doing. I like I've always really enjoyed it, and like service is my thing. Like I don't think I would ever be able to do a job where I was sitting in front of a computer all day or where I didn't get to to interact with people. You know, that's like that's my thing. That's what what makes me happy. You know? Well, when you were studying English literature, what did you think? I don't was know. Be your future. I kind of I had these kind of aspirations of like. I'll just I'll write a novel and it'll be fine. Or like, I'll go and work in publishing, or you know, um, mm-hmm. or something like that. So, it, like, the hospitality bit was something that I really loved, but it was something that I was doing because I'd been doing it before, you know. So it was just a continuity thing. And then, so after a couple of years, I was kind of like a bit like I'd just been doing the same thing, and I'd been in Glasgow for a while, and. Um, I was incredibly lucky that one of my friends, Tom, uh, was working as a chef in, in 15, and they were going through a, a kind of refurb thing, so they were putting together a new bar team. So he put his, he put my name forward for it, and I kind of came down two days later and had an interview and worked a shift in one of the other places and then got offered the job, and then it took me like nine days or something to move. Like just went back up, quit my job, and threw a ton of stuff in a bag, and then just just went for it and it's like looking back it's like that was such a like that has informed my entire life since had, like, you, had you ever been thinking of moving down to no, London? no not even not even close like it was just yeah you was, got a call and yeah pretty much it. it just kind of went for it and it's like I don't know like it, it's such a huge thing and it's like it's been so good to me you know but I don't know if I'd be able to do it again like that whole thing where like coming down and on such short notice and 
I didn't have a place to, to stay and I didn't know anyone and didn't know the city and I didn't have very much money and you know you but, don't have to worry about having to do it again yeah you exactly did it once. yeah of course I don't think yeah <laughs> so he was work your friend was working at 15 Jamie Oliver's yeah, 15 yeah so he was a he was a chef there mm-hmm. um, and like I just like I, I feel so thankful that I was so lucky at that time because it's like going to that place and working with some some great people like the the bar manager there Jay is is what, incredible well, before you talk about that what was what was Jamie Oliver thinking of doing what was he how how was he changing the restaurant so it was like 15 um I don't know if you know the background of 15 so it's like this social enterprise thing where they take essentially every year they take a, a group of kids that otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity to get into to uh, to chefing and they train them in the restaurant so it's like for kids that wouldn't be able to get into a college course or whatever um, and it was kind of it'd been open for a few years and it was just a bit tired so they were kind of rebranding it the, the, like the core belief never changed but it kind of went from being this quite traditional Italian thing to this like modern British quite forward thinking um, menu that had a cocktail bar next to it so before they did the refurb at 15 it was like there was a bar but it was like wine and beer and you know Mm. like the kind of standard stuff so they changed it and they kind of made the place look really sexy and like hired this incredible chef to to do um, this modern British thing and then they put in a cocktail bar next to it so they were kind of putting together a new team to do the cocktail thing there and yeah it was like I was so lucky like the 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 people there were so great and like being part of that social enterprise end of the industry is massively rewarding mm-hmm. on like a daily basis and seeing the change that these kids go through from from kind of the start to the end of the year is like it's mind blowing you know so that was kind of where I think that that was the point that I kind of thought this is this is for me like this is like why don't I just do this like I remember there was this thing when I moved to London that I kind of thought that proximity was going to help me out, you know? So being in Glasgow and having these aspirations of working in publishing or working in advertising or whatever and not really having the opportunities come my way, I kind of, there was, I think there was definitely part of me that thought, well, if I'm in London, then I'm closer to where these things happen. Yeah, so, uh-huh. like, I'll have a better chance of doing that. And I remember there was one day that I went to... I was going into work to do a stock take. So I was like... It was a Monday morning and I was on the tube at half past six in the morning or something. <clears throat> and the tube was full of... You know in Bonfire of the Vanities, how he changes his shoes to get on the subway? So he, like, he wears a suit, but he has like, these beat-up trainers that, that he wears on the subway because he's worried that he's going to get mugged. And I remember being on the tube and it was full of guys in suits, beat-up trainers on. And they all looked depressed. Like, they just... <laughs> nobody looked like they were happy to be going where they're going at that time. And it kind of stuck with me. And I was kind of like... Like, I like doing... like. You were the only happy one. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I, like that's not... That, surely that's not what success looks like, you know? Like, getting up in the morning and putting a suit on and being a bit depressed. Like, that's like... Why don't I just, why don't I just do this? Because this is like... This is so much more fun. And, mm. like, that, that definitely... That time at 15, meeting these great people and... And 
having the opportunity to to work with like alongside really great chefs and like I developed so much there in terms of my my skill and my palate and what I'm able to do and the way that I think about booze and all of that like that was definitely where I kind of where it clicked and, and I was you let like, go I guess of I, this I just, idea of yeah, what yeah. you had to do yeah of course as opposed to what you and were it doing was like, yeah of course and it's like you know like it's crazy that it took me so long to kind of realise that because it's like this is this is I think this has always been the thing that I I should be doing you know like it's it seems so obvious now like did you find a difference in how you worked after that day yeah yeah I think so it's like when you embrace it and when it's like yeah it's like I'm sure you must have let go of so much yeah it's like you're not carrying this thing oh my god I've got to do this I have to do this yeah of course now I'm doing this and it's like it seems crazy to me that I ever thought anything different you know because it's like this is like service is is the most rewarding thing that you can that you can do I think like certainly for me and it suits my personality down to the ground I think so yeah like that was kind of the point that and did you find that you now were making obviously you were making more than just sex on the beach did you I mean how quickly do you feel that you got into the groove cocktail wise in London here pretty fast I mean I had like there there was some Speed bumps, definitely. Like, I remember, like, the difference in, from what I was, from doing the restaurant thing in Glasgow to to working behind a cocktail bar in kind of East London is vast. Like, it's huge. Like, and being exposed to this, like, but having, the, there, there was a great support network, network there and the bar manager was, was uh, a lot to thank him for. And, like, going into this thing where, you're making all your own ingredients and like you have like this really fantastic back bar to work with and you're encouraged to taste things and you get to go on trips to distilleries and vineyards and all of that like it took me a while it takes a little while but because each step is so rewarding and like every time that you nail something it's like you get like a little bump from that and it's Mm -hmm. like when that's happening on kind of like that's happening every day it just like you're just being carried forward on this like wave of like just being in love with the job and it's like it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like work anymore you know Mm -hmm. but I still like I remember like the, the the first cocktail that I pitched to try and get on the menu just got shot down it was like <laughs> like I can't remember what was in it oh it darn was, it was like some it was like some sour that had like Chambord and Amaretto in it or something like there was no base there was no base for it like there was no strong element and the bar manager tasted it and it was just like you need more maybe maybe go maybe take this away again you know um, but yeah I mean like I remember like the first the first drink that I got on the menu there was like this um, it was like it was like a cold whiskey punch and it had like rye that I infused with chamomile tea in it and it was like having that watching people order a drink that you've made and like enjoy it and kind of big you up for it is like that's that's huge and that that was never something that I'd done before and now that's like what? Now it happens all the time. Yeah, that's like, well, not like, not like, yeah, that was all the time, but like, um, yeah, that's kind of 
part of my life now, and it's like it's hugely. But because you loved it so much, was it hard to go on to the next place? I think it was. It was tough to leave fifteen because it's like the family there is is incredible, and like I definitely wouldn't have. Like the first period for me in London, where you kind of you try to figure everything out without knowing a lot of people and blah blah blah. That would have taken a much bigger toll on me if it wasn't for the people that were at fifteen, and it was like they were just incredible. So it was hard to leave because the people that I got to know there, and it was home. Like it was that was my that was London to me, you know, was where I was living and fifteen and a bit in between, you know. But I just kind of decided that I'd been in restaurants for a while, and I kind of wanted to to pursue the more drinks-focused side of it. So um, I ended up finding a job in a gin bar in Bermondsey. So it was a little independent um, gin bar in the basement of a of an Italian restaurant um, called Two One Four Bermondsey, and kind of like they made their own tonic water and. There was like a hundred gins on the back bar and all that, and like we, me and my 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 friend Jack, who I still work with, I took him here when I came. Um, we had kind of total control over what went on the the cocktail menu and like what gins we stocked, and it was like it was very different, but it was like a real step for me going into that more management side of it and having complete control over. What your product is and what you're what you're serving people. Were you really into gin before that you knew so many gins? Okay, well, I I I thought I knew about gin before. <laughs> I thought I thought I had a good knowledge about gin before before I moved to two one four, but yeah, it's like it's a drop in the ocean. Like it's like there's so much. It's nuts. But being like that environment where you're constantly like meeting people from brands and like being able to like try a new gin and tonic every day is, is pretty nice like that's like it's a pretty good perk so um, yeah I kind of like was into gin like gin obviously is a is normally like a bartender's kind of favourite spirit because it's like it's a huge category but the spectrum of flavour is massive as well like it's such a versatile spirit to use so it's really fun to be able to base a cocktail menu around having a hundred and whatever gins you know mm-hmm. and it, it led to this really rewarding kind of intimate service because people when people come into a bar that's got a hundred bottles they're all the same in the same category they need help of course they need help so it's like because every just about every guest that you had you would need to spend five or ten minutes going through like try to find out like what kind of thing they were going to enjoy and kind of guide them through it they and come I guess wanting to be educated yeah of course that's it and it's mm-hmm. like having that environment where everybody wants to sit at the bar top so they can talk to the bartender it's like that's so cool like going from being in a restaurant where you do a bit of that but you're making tickets a lot to this thing where everybody wants to be uh, right up social, at the bar yeah, yeah it's like it's so so cool and Especially when you get people coming back who bring their friends because this guy will find the right gin for you kind of thing is mm. is that's amazing like that's hugely. Like, so let's talk about how you transitioned here. So uh, yeah, 
after uh, I've been two one four for about eighteen months, something like that. Um, and just again decided it's time to time for change. Were you like, I need a different alcohol now? <laughs> no, not really. So much it, wasn't gin. Quite, it wasn't quite ginned out. <laughs> maybe I was. I don't know. I never thought of that before. Um, You're like, give me something brown. Yeah. I need a yeah, I need brown. Dark, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just kind of decided it was time for a change. So looked looked around, had a couple of different things um, that I looked at. Um, I was kind of aware of what Ray's used to be. So Ray's used to be a, a, a techno club called Dance Tunnel that was kind of legendary. Um, but that had, that had closed down shortly before. So when I... Oh, sorry. When I joined the team, um, Ray's was still being built. So I kind of took a bit of a chance on it, but the from meeting the bosses and all that, and owners, everyone was really cool. Um, and the way that it was pitched was... It's a Dalston basement that's not like other Dalston basements. Like there's no brown leather and there's no exposed brickwork and like it's neon and disco and vinyl DJs and like a place to to have fun, you know. So a little bit of of the dance club. Yeah, a little bit. There's like over. a there's there's certainly nods nods <laughs> of the head. Um, but yeah, so it just seemed like my kind of thing, like being able to listen to DJs every night and make great drinks and be in a kind of cool part of London and you know that was something that was really interesting to me and it was it was definitely a, another another step in my progression so um, yeah it was a it was an easy decision to make to, and what to kind have. of cocktails are in the menu so um, my bag is kind of I am very classically kind of influenced I'm not into um overly techy things there's no redistillation or any of that stuff it's just liquid mixed together served in a glass kind of thing <laughs> like um, so our ethos has always been that it, when you serve someone a drink they should just be able to enjoy it you shouldn't have to be talked through it like if they want to if you want to go bar geek then we can have a bar geek conversation but it's just making nice drinks that don't take themselves too seriously so it's like decent drinks that are made like it's the best way to describe it good drinks that are made as simply as we can make them but that have stupid names and come in, you know like, it's like so what's a stupid name um we've got one in the menu called last mango in paris i like that one um, this is where you're using your creativity yeah your english course. degree yeah right? exactly puns like right. i've got an english degree and i use it to make pun names for drinks yeah but um yeah so just kind of light and bright like it's definitely a place but like bars are places to have fun you know and it's like drinking is fun don't need to take it too seriously so it's that's what we try and do here it's just like there's some guy playing disco in the corner and like you get stupid drinks at tiki mugs and things like that but like it's a place to have fun well since you mentioned the author Uh, do you think this is some place Hemingway would hang out Hopefully, um, I, <laughs> I would. I would like to think so. Um, we make a pretty good daiquiri, so I, like I guess, yeah. Hopefully, um, I've never really thought about that before. I went. To, I actually went to uh, the the bar in Havana, where the where he used to drink across the road from the the National Hotel, 
and uh, they have a they have a statue of him. So he's always at the bar there. <laughs> so I get one of them installed. That'd be fun. But. Well, I would love to try your daiquiri. Yeah, oh, you'd serve cool. it anyway. Can we yeah. do that? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Sweet. Thanks so much today for being on our show. I truly believe Hemingway would have given up the daiquiri for our cocktail of the week, Dave's Motor City Rum Ensemble. Detroit should really adopt this as its official cocktail. Needless to say, you begin with rum, both Havana 3 and 7. Start by adding 35 ml of Havana 3 to a shaker. Then add in 15 ml of Havana 7. Follow that with 15 ml of dry vermouth, 10 ml of date syrup, 7.5 ml of Cinar, and then finally 25 ml of lime juice. Shake, 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 and then double strain into a chilled Nicanora glass. Then top it all off with a cherry. For more of where to drink while in London, check out my blog, bestbitsworldwide.com. I hope you've loved every bit of the first 50 episodes of Best Sips podcast. We're taking a bit of a break for the summer, so you can catch up on all the last 49 episodes you may have missed. When we return on September 5th, we'll have a few surprises for you, and episodes with Benedictine, East London Liquor Company, The Gin Foundry, and many, many more. Until next time... Bottoms up. For more information and links to everything you've heard about, plus a bit more, please visit bestbitsworldwide.com. Thanks for listening to Best Sips Worldwide, a spin-off of Best Bits Worldwide. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation, and never drink and drive. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. You'll find me at the bar. <laughs> <laughs>